The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free. This is Coach Ball from PickleballCoach.com. And here's the host of the Pickleball Show, Chris Allen. Thank you, Coach Mo, and welcome to the show dedicated to helping you play better pickleball, winning pickleball, while having even more fun and meeting new friends who share your passion for this great game. I'm your host, Chris Allen. We've got a fun show coming up for you today. We're going to talk with author and pickleball player Gail Leach, who wrote the book, The Art of Pickleball. Great book. I got it when I first started out, and I really learned a lot from that book. So we'll talk to Gail in just a minute. Before that, I have to thank you, though. We released our first episode just a few days ago, and boy, you guys really, really stepped up. I am happy to announce that The Pickleball Show was the number one podcast in iTunes in the amateur sports and recreation category when we released it. And that is all due to you. I was blown away by the tremendous outpouring of support that I received from everybody across the country and even in other countries as well. You guys really, really made it happen. And uh, not this isn't an ego thing. This isn't, I'm not happy because uh, for myself, I'm happy for pickleball because the more people find out about this sport, I mean, say it jumps up, you know, it's on the top of iTunes and somebody sees it and goes, pickleball, what's that? They do a Google search and uh, they see some videos and before you know it, they're going to be hooked just like we are. So uh, we're helping to grow this sport and I couldn't be happier or more proud. Thank you again so much. A special tip of the hat to Carol Amos. Carol was the first person to go over to iTunes and leave us one of those coveted five-star reviews, which helps boost us up in the rankings. So thank you, Carol. And uh, got great comments, too, on the website, pickleballshow.com. One of my favorites is from George Catalano here. George says, fantastic. Couldn't believe my favorite game has its own sports show now. I don't have to listen to ESPN talk about deflated footballs anymore. <laughs> I'm 72 years young, live in Jackson. Jacksonville, Florida, play pickleball seven to eight times a week. Man, way to go, George. And uh, good, uh, good to hear from you. Thank you so much. And thank you to everybody who uh, showed their support. You guys really, really made it happen. And keep it coming, too. Give us a call anytime. You can call us on our uh, telephone. It's toll-free, and it's waiting for you. You got a question, comment, whatever you like. We do want to hear from you. It's 855-PB-SHOW. That's one 855 P.B. Show. Email us to mail at pickleballshow.com. All right, coming up next, we'll talk with Gail Leach. Stay right here. When shopping for car insurance, consider this. GEICO has been saving people money on car insurance for over 75 years. So if you're serious about savings, it's simple. Go to geico.com. After 75 years, they know how to save you money. And we're back with the Pickleball Show and your host, Chris Allen. I've been looking forward to talking to this lady for a while. I ordered her book uh, originally when I first started playing, really learned a lot from it. 
You'll find it on Amazon.com. It's the yellow book that pops up all the time when you type in the word pickleball. You'll see it there. It's called The Art of Pickleball. And uh, you can find the author at gailleach.com. She's got a great blog there, and her name is Gail Leach. Gail, thank you for joining us today here on The Pickleball Show. Thanks so much for asking me. It's my pleasure. Now, The Art of Pickleball is in its fourth edition. When did the first edition come out? I believe it was 2005 or six. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was 2006. And you have uh, feel the need uh, every, every couple of years or so maybe to uh, revise it and update it? Truly, it was the evolution of the game and new techniques that came into play. Um, the rules, of course, being included in the book necessitated updates. But um, I always wanted to try and talk to the players and continually ask, you know, what are you doing now that you didn't do before? And those are the techniques that would be added each time we had an update. You gave a really good piece of advice in the beginning of the book. You say, you know, don't just buy the book, read it one time and then put it on your shelf and think, all right, I read that when I'm done. Go back three months from now, because as you evolve as a player, things are going to mean something different. And that was, it couldn't have been truer advice. I've heard this from other people too. I used to write technical manuals for years before I started playing pickleball. And so I had already in mind to say something of the sort, because it is true when you're going for troubleshooting one particular thing, you know, go look that up and then you'll see, oh, wait a minute, there's this other thing that I didn't know before. Even though you read it, it doesn't always stick. No. Until you're ready for it. The book is the same same copy that you had three months ago, but you're a different player. Flags are going to come up and bells are going to go off that didn't the first time around. So great advice right from the top there. I also, one of my favorite chapters is is on being a better partner. Everybody's so focused on, you know, hitting the winners and, and you know, getting that perfect shot. But being a better partner is something that I really, you know, need to be more diligent with. It's wonderful when you can play with the same person for a long time and that doesn't happen for everyone unless you're involved in tournaments and preparing for months before that. But with the rest of us, if you're just going out for drop-in or you meet new people at the court each time uh, and you can't always play with the same folks, it's, it is really important because it's not just you out there. You need to be a team. It is important to sit down and communicate ahead of time, at least even in a minor way, so that you have some rapport and can decide, okay, who's going to take the middle this time and and find out if they're left or right-handed, all those things. So um, it's tremendously important to make a good game of it. Now, the book came out in 06, the original edition, now in its fourth edition. When did you first discover pickleball? In 2004. We moved to Arizona from California, and I had never heard of pickleball, and we moved to Sun City Grand, which is an active adult community, and pickleball was huge here. Uh, A couple of people had come down from the Seattle area and brought the sport and converted a tennis court uh, with tape and so on until finally court conversion happened some years later. But they just developed an enormous following almost immediately, and I went out to see what this sport with a silly name was all about. (laughs) And I don't even think it took me two days. I was hooked. That was it. And I had played tennis as a young person and maybe a couple of games of racquetball, which I loved along the way. But I really wasn't a huge uh, racket sports player. But when it came to pickleball, uh, that was it. I can totally relate. Now... (laughs) 
having written what you know some would say is the definitive guide to pickleball, that's got to probably paint a pretty big target on your back when you go out to play. <laughs> People think, oh, this lady wrote the book on it, huh? She's going to have to write an extra chapter on me when I get done with her. <laughs> um, that's particularly difficult right now. Um, I was sidelined from the sport for a number of years uh, because I actually couldn't go out in the sun. And almost all of our play here is outdoor in Arizona. We don't have many indoor courts. And short of going out early in the morning or late at night, I really couldn't play. And I had to stop and uh, couldn't take part in tournaments anymore because of the length of time in the daytime always and so on. Well, anyway, I just finally, we also left that community. And while there is pickleball here in, in the city around it, I just finally dropped out for a while. It just didn't seem to be working out. And that went on for, oh, gosh four years, five years, hmm. uh, where I was only playing intermittently. So just recently, I've been starting to feel much better. I think this whole thing is under control. So I'm back on the courts. But it's embarrassing. People will f see my name and say, oh, I know who you are. And then I'm not playing as well as I used to. So anyway, I'll deal with that. Yeah. I'm reading my own book. <laughs> <laughs> right, there's so many, like you said, so so much good advice in there uh, from experts and uh, you know legendary players. Sue Gardner is one of them. And talking about grips, she pointed out that she believes that changing your grip reduces the risk of uh, repetitive motion injury, like a carpal tunnel. Uh, mm -hmm. And I've never I never thought of that before. Do you have a Are you a, a continental grip person, or do you change it up some? I do change it up. For the most part, I would say continental grip is still what I use. Uh, I do change it up. Backhand is different depending. And I, I've found recently that it depends where you're contacting the ball. If you're contacting down low, it's going to be a different, slightly different grip than if you are uh, contacting a high ball. I've also found that it changes with the paddle that I use. Hmm. Um, and I'm not sure what to make of that it's something actually i would like to ask some other people what they're doing this sport is still even now celebrating 25 years it is still so new um mm -hmm. that it's something that we need to keep asking questions and and coming up with what the norms are and trying to put that information out there for people to be able to use. It's amazing how many of the rules have stood and stood the test of time and, and how, how balanced the game was before it caught on. It seems like it, it really hasn't had to have that many revisions. Most of the revisions have been very tiny, as you say. I think it's a testament to the sport and why it is so popular, too, that it is something that just seems to make a lot of sense the way it was conceived at the outset. Now, let's say if, if, they, if they anointed you queen of, uh, of the, the pickleball nation, would, are there any uh, refinements or rules that you would just dictate, you know, starting today, this is uh, a little change that I'm going to make? Hmm. Never had to think about that. Um, I, don't, I don't have any big yeah. ones. I'll, I'll tell you mine, though, while you think about if there's one for you. I the, probably have one. Go ahead. The only, the only change I would make is that when you're playing and you're down to just the last four people uh, you know, playing that day, mm -hmm. and one person says, all right, I can play one more game and that's it, then that game automatically is a 21-point game. And that's it. That's the only one I would make just just to keep them on the court longer and uh, so we can play just a little bit more. <laughs> 
just because I'm I'm usually the guy going, all right, let's play one more. All right, we'll play one the more seven. Game, one more. I'm always negotiating with just seven points, or we'll do you know we'll do this, do that, just to keep them there. There's a club I think there. I saw it on a blog somewhere. I think they're up in Michigan, and the name of the pickleball club is the One More Game Pickleball Club. And I thought that's a great name because that's me. I'm always <laughs> on there. Come on, one more game, one more game. But uh, what would yours be? We were talking about that the other day. We were out there and we had gone through probably four or five games, and and one of the players on the on the foursome was getting tired and and doing the exact same thing and then we did find another person to come in and sub and we played another game and then at the end we're all sitting there saying oh i am so sore i am so tired why did i do that but (laughs) it is what you do you it's so addictive yeah and that's that was one of the keys originally when i when i knew all right this is it this is the game for me when i just did not want to leave but it's like when you you catch yourself thinking well i'd rather i'd rather lose you know a uh you know a 12 to 10 game than than win an 11-0 game because i you know at least i got to play play twice as many points mm-hmm. now one of the other people uh you you quote uh, in a few different pages in the book pat kane and one of the one of the things he has is that inverted ready position at the oh, net oh i love that and, i just love that yeah I, and when i when i first read that i thought boy that's gonna feel really weird kind of like have you ever done the thing where you they tell you to clasp your hands together you know interlock your fingers yes and then you do it the natural way, and then they say, all right, now put the other finger on top, and it just feels so bizarre. And I thought, well, that, that's going to be one of those cases. But when I went out and tried it, and uh, for what we're talking about here is the, you know, the normal ready position when you're, when you're up at the, uh, the kitchen line, normally you can see kind of the back of your hand when you've got the paddle face going, uh, going uh, flat. And the, but but his position, you can just see the see the fingertips. He flips the paddle 180, and I thought that's gonna that's gonna be totally bizarre feeling. But uh, when I tried it, it wasn't that uncomfortable at all. And I've actually you know gone to it a couple on a couple of occasions, and it's worked out really well. I like it better now than any other way to play with the ready position. There, I just find it it works beautifully for me. But I, there again, everybody's different, and I couldn't have imagined when I started the research for this book that I would get so many different opinions about what I thought were relatively simple things, how to hold the paddle, um, everything. It's so many different ways. What we don't have yet for this sport, and it will come, um, I have great visions of the future for pickleball. And uh, when it is an Olympic sport, we will also have clinics where people are actually doing research, scientific research, to see which things do help to promote carpal tunnel, which things you know you should avoid, how to do this stuff scientifically. Um, looking forward to that, I think, because Right now, it's a lot of guesswork, and, and, and we're taking and borrowing from other sports where the research has been done, but it isn't quite the same. And um, curiously, recently, I was looking at the size of uh, the grip on different paddles. I'm looking to buy a new one. And the so-called research that I found has, you know, you put your hand around it and, and you measure the uh, the length from one finger to the thumb and so on, and you mm-hmm. determine the grip that way. But for me, for example, and several other players I've talked to recently, those numbers don't work. And our preference is for something quite different. Well, I don't know which would be best physiologically, and this is what I'd like to know more about. So I'm hoping at some point people will actually start doing kinetic studies and so on and and be able to publish that research. That would be very interesting. We're talking with Gail Leach, author of The Art of Pickleball. And Gail, what uh, what kind of stretching or warm-up routine do you commonly uh, use? 
this is going to sound funny. I always did, you know, standard uh, stretching, making sure the hamstrings and and all the normal stretches you would do for just about any sport. I found that simply warming up your muscles is often enough. Um, You don't need to go through rigorous stretching, at least for me. And I, I have to put a disclaimer in here because, as I did in the book, because Again, you're, you're telling people how to take care of their bodies, and everybody's body is different. But for me, a, a moderate amount of stretching seems to be all that's necessary to prevent injury, at least for me. But recently, I started taking yoga, and I posted a blog post about this on my website not too long ago. And I'm finding that yoga stretching is as good or better than the stretching I was doing before. Hmm. So I tend to do that now before I'm going to go out and play but for me, it's a, it's a good way to get the muscles warm, and I can do just a quick stretch on the court, and I'm good to go. One of the uh, reasons that I'm glad I got the Kindle edition of your book, The Art of Pickleball, is because it's nice to have it on my iPhone all the time, which I have with me, and uh, I can mark certain, not only search for certain terms, but I can mark certain pages as well. And one of the ones the, that I've had marked and I've, I've brought up several times for different people is the illustration that you have on the in-out rule or when it, you know why is a, a ball considered out mm-hmm. and it's a little bit different than in tennis because of the compression of the ball and that kind of thing and uh not that i'm you know the the, the big you know rule stickler or anything but a lot of people have, have brought it up and say you know why you know why is it different because i've heard it's different and i can show them that illustration and it makes perfect sense to them uh, after that that is something that is difficult for a lot of people to understand until they see that that picture and it really has worked very well it's still a hard thing to call and that's why i really appreciate having other eyes on the court when we're playing but you know it's the way it should be so if you can manage to see the ball while you're going to hit it or if your partner can and um, and that's the other thing i always try to look when my partner's going for a ball I always try to keep my eyes on that ball and, and on my partner when he or she is getting ready to hit and so on, because otherwise you really do need to be able to to call those shots. Yep, and that is, uh, like we were talking about before, that's one of the things that helps make you a better partner, so that's good mm. advice there. You know, some people might say you're kind of the Emily Post of pickleball, you you, you know, <laughs> with the, all the rules and, the, and the, the definitive guide and everything, and there's also some etiquette to the game as well. Uh, any pet peeves, either on or off the court, that uh, other players do that uh, get under your skin a little bit? Well, it's the one, I suppose, that causes the most grief, and the one I hear the most about from readers who do write to me is about the serve. Men especially, and I won't say it's only men, um, but especially men do not like the underhand serve and in some cases simply refuse to use it and continue with a sidearm serve. And it's so difficult. That one rule is is the cause of so much controversy, being able to judge, you know, is it waist high? Is it coming from underhand and so on? Um, it's a tough call, especially for uh, tournaments. I don't envy those who are out there trying to Uh, make that call out there. But I've heard the most about that. So I don't know if I were queen of the pickleball court, (laughs) I I, I would probably say, you know, trying to work up something about uh, the underhand serve and write it differently. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how I would be able to do it exactly, but that's the one that causes grief. So I noticed uh, in watching the videos from uh, this year's nationals, there, there were a couple of players that I thought, boy, they are really, really close to the line on that one. Yeah, you they know. really are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like to sidearm serve. You get so much more power out of it, and I, I like it, but, you know, I don't do it that way anymore. 
I don't know, maybe there would be an alternative rule where sidearm serving would be allowed in certain circumstances. That's just off the top of my head. Yeah, and that might that might throw off the the balance we were talking about earlier, though, because there are some people, I mean, they, they're wicked with underhand, and I can't imagine mm-hmm. if you unleashed them, you know, if they were able to go sidearm, it'd be, you know, it would it would turn into, I remember, you know, w- w- tennis, I guess in the 80s when, when Becker came on the scene and the rest of them, when it just became this, this slugfest of serves, <laughs> it didn't do tennis any favors because it became less fun to watch, especially men's tennis, mm-hmm. when it just became the you know they're just shooting howitzers at each other that's uh, true all day yeah the and, finesse isn't there in that way mm-hmm. and i think even john McEnroe was a proponent of going back to wood rackets uh hmm. just just for that just to you know to to deaden the serve a little bit and have longer volleys and, and get back to the way it was in the heyday well you know as a corollary thinking about the paddle developments in the last few years too in pickleball Again, we need the the USAPA does studies of the paddles before they're allowed to be used in tournaments, but so many different materials are coming up all the time and people are trying things all over the place uh, in order to achieve more pop or to um, be able to hit more easily and so on. So I imagine that like all the sports before it, it will have advances as time goes by and, and rules may have to change because of that too. We're talking with Gail Leach, author of The Art of Pickleball, now in its fourth edition, available at Amazon.com and better bookstores everywhere. Any plans for edition number five coming up soon, or are you going to wait a little bit? Not coming up immediately. Unfortunately, I'm writing other books as well, and I need to get some of the writing out of the way. But yes, um, edition five is in the works. I do have notes and other things that are in process, and I'm hoping to interview some of the other players who are out there um, taking the world by storm. So probably it's going to be a 2016 release, Mm -hmm. unless I can do things a lot more quickly than I think. Well, good because I hate buying one, and then you know, two months later, a new one, a new version comes out, and, uh, and then you have to upgrade, just like software. Right. Now, what are these other books that you're writing, Gail? I write fiction now as well. Um, I didn't intend to start writing books for children, but that's what I ended up doing because the story that popped into my head was too good to let go of. The first set of four that I have finished are for children, roughly eight to twelve, younger. If you read to them. Um, kind of like a a little bit older version of Charlotte's Web, perhaps, and it is about bugs and other animals and great adventure stories where a caterpillar is the hero. The new one is uh, later. I'm working on a young adult uh, series now, and so there's just lots of things in the work. I can't seem to stay away from the writing. Well, sounds good. Well, good luck with that, and uh, thank you so much for for being my hero, like I said, and bailing me out of so many points that I otherwise would have uh, embarrassed myself on, and uh, your book was just such great advice. So, Gail, thank you so much for your work, and I hope to see you out on the court someday. Thank you, Chris. I'd love to meet you, and I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you today. And you can get Gail's book, The Art of Pickleball, at Amazon.com and better bookstores everywhere. Even some of the not-so-good bookstores, I think, would have it. Oh, what a nice lady. And boy, she knows her stuff. And uh, what a pro, too. Did you catch that one part when uh, she was talking about doing research for the upcoming edition, the the fifth edition of the book that will come out in a couple of years, wanting to talk to the top players, the ones that are setting the pickleball world on fire? Did you notice how she just let it just kind of hang out there? She didn't push. She didn't, you know, just come right out and ask. But Gail, you know, I know you're still listening. The answer is, I would be honored to sit down with you and reveal some of my secrets 
there really are three areas I feel like that I've mastered. I'm not a 5.0 across the board, but in three particular areas, I feel like I have achieved 5.0 status. I'll let you know what they are when we come back. It's the Pickleball Show. The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. freepbxclub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free. You're back with Chris Allen on the Pickleball Show. We just spoke with Gail Leach, and uh, I went ahead and put it out there. Yes, there are three areas that I feel like I am already, even at this stage, a 5.0 player. And, uh, you know, I think it was, was it Coach Bear Bryant who said it ain't bragging if you can do it? So, you know, it's, it's not bragging. I have perfected these areas, these particular ones. Again, I'm not a 5-0 across the board, but in these areas, I am a 5-0. Let me give you the first one here. Number one is how to constantly confound and frustrate your partner by lunging toward balls you have no intention of hitting. I'm a master at this. I can do this so well. And it really, part of it's a timing thing. You got to wait till, you know, your partner is just about to commit to go ahead and hit the ball. And then you make a sudden move, you know, you, you flick your paddle over there like you're going to take it just enough to back them off. And then the ball can, you know, gently bounce in and roll out of bounds. And then you can look at each other. I don't think there's a player in the world that is better than this. You talk about somebody like Tim Nelson great player they call him the puppet master we all know why it's because tim you can you can have your opponent dancing around like you've got him on a string i get it but you know what tim i'm the puppet master when it comes to my partner it really is a thing of beauty when it's done right and you know i feel like i'm doing it right number two is the proper way to hit balls that are obviously going out I've mastered this one. I am a 5.0. I can, I, again, it comes down to a timing thing. You know, you, you, the ball is, is about to go out. The point is going to be yours. And the trick is to not hit the ball right when your partner is yelling no. You want to delay it just a, a split second. You want the, the echoes of the no to be just kind of wafting in the air, and then you hit it. That's really the key. Because if if it's like, no, and you hit it right away, it's not nearly as effective as when it's no, and then you hit it. Nobody's better at this. You know, you look at somebody like, uh, like Jennifer LaCour. I mean, you know, Jennifer, you're a great champion. But in this one area, bring it. Bring it all day long. Now, the third area that I'm a total 5.0 in, and again, uh, I don't think it's bragging here, how to tweak and fiddle with your serve until half the balls go in the net and the other half go long over the baseline. I'm really a pro at this one. The key is to never lock in your serve. You don't want to get into a routine or anything where the serve is is consistently going in. What you want to do when you get to that point, you just keep tweaking it, keep fiddling with it, keep messing with it until pretty soon, you know, you don't even recognize what you're doing anymore. And you couldn't even get back to that point where they were consistently going in. You couldn't get back there if your life depended on it. You know, so you want to just keep messing around with it and, uh, and tweaking it until it's just it's just a mess. 
I'm the best at that. You know, you look at somebody like uh, Brian Staub. Yeah, you know what? You, you, you're a deadly combination of power and precision. But in this area, anytime, anywhere, my friend. Anytime, anywhere. Just saying. All right, there you go. Those are the spots that uh, I can't be beat at. Those are my strengths. All right, my thanks once again to Gail Leach and her book, The Art of Pickleball, is available on Amazon.com. Thanks to you also, once again, for making The Pickleball Show the number one podcast in iTunes in the amateur sports and recreation category. You guys really stepped up. I'm not surprised. If you haven't yet, go over to iTunes, hit that subscribe button, and if you feel it's appropriate, leave us a five-star review. That boosts us up in the rankings, makes it easier for other pickleball players around the world to find the show, and helps raise awareness for this great game that we all love. Join us next week. We're going to have a new guest, and somebody else I'd like to hear from next week is you. How about giving us a call anytime? It's one 555 P-B-Show. That's one pb show I'm Chris Allen. This is the Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low. The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.